Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Podcast. As a guy, I'm always, I am still Jason. And I am John. And we watched some pretty good hockey in Denver, Colorado from afar, making me really regret not going out there to see it in person. That would have been a pretty fun time. That would have been a great series to go see. In fact, um, Verna Toller, who used to work for the NCHC, actually DM'd Bridget and asked her if we had gone out for the series. We had work commitments. One of the events we do is the uh, Tangier Shrine Festival of Trees. So we just completed that week-long event. I know you guys got to go out. A great event if you happen to go, uh, if you happen to get a chance to go during the Christmas season. Um, But God, it would have been great to be out there. Now, I called a split for this weekend. Jason wasn't sure what I was thinking when uh, I called it, but I said UNO was going to serve up a Black Friday special on Friday night. And they certainly did out uh, out there at uh, Magnus Arena. Yeah, it was everything we talked about at the beginning of the year with the peaks and valleys that we're going to get with a new team and not really knowing, you know, week in, week out, or even game in, game out, what you're going to get from the guys. What we saw on Friday night was a team that could contend for tops in the conference easily. Uh, UNO was, was, they had their legs moving. They were pressuring the puck. I think that was the thing that stood out to me the most was, just any time the puck was loose, we had a guy on it. Anytime Denver had the puck, we had a guy skating full speed right at him. And they're covering lanes well, no opportunities for DU to make, make moves. And they, they performed the best I've seen them perform since we started doing the podcast, for sure. Uh, probably the best I've seen a UNO team since I've moved out here and started following the team. There were fans uh, on Twitter who were talking and saying that this was the best performance that they had seen in a decade. And I would tend to agree with that. The puck handling and passing were excellent during the game. Certainly after the first period, it was a 0-0 tie. So you knew anything could happen. What was even better about this game was this was not a game where DU was in a turkey coma or something like that. I mean, they played really well this series. We just played better. 12 seconds into the second period, Cam Berg gets the first goal for UNO. Uh, It was just effort. It was a second chance opportunity there. What I love to see is when this team takes advantage of those opportunities and keeps digging and keeps fighting. 12 seconds in was a real momentum shift in the game, I thought, Jason. Yeah, coming right out of the locker room, that's that's a tough thing. And, you know, DU pushed back. I thought right after that goal, try to try to even it up. And that's kind of that thing. Like when you get that, when you get that go ahead goal kind of thing, you have to weather a bit of a storm. Usually the team pushes really hard, really fast. Uh, and we weathered it and we did, you know, really good. And then what four, four and a half minutes later, uh, Matt Miller steps up to the plate and bangs one home and sitting there with a two goal lead. Now we're really looking, you know, looking really, really good. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was, I was still worried at that point because of our uh, our history the past decade with DU and the fact that they're the number one team in the nation uh, currently. Yeah, it was uh, definitely Miller time in the Mile High City, uh, uh, Jason, this weekend, and I was great. Matt Miller puts UNO up too, and then Matt Miller gets uh, gets the next goal uh, a couple minutes later. Uh, again, Tyconic involved in all three goals with assists uh, uh, during the game. Uh, just great performance by uh, some of our top offensive players. And our only power play of the Friday night. It was kind of weird to see only two calls in the entire game. 
I'm not used to this, John. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what, two penalties the entire game, one for UNO, one for DU. And I mean, it was just, it, it was fantastic to get to watch five on five hockey with how the penalties have gone in the NCHC this season. I was glad to just get to see a clean game. Uh, so like I said, UNO served up a Black Friday special. Who knew that they would be able to go into Denver and win the game three to nothing. Uh, I know you were stunned by the performance. I was stunned by the performance. Fans online were, but it's just great to see out of this team, considering the start we had to the regular season. We knew that the team was capable of this. We saw this kind of play during their exhibition with MSU Mankato back in October, uh, but just a really, really good performance on the road. You know, UNO has been very successful on the road this season, so just a great night for the Mavs. Yeah, when you predicted the split, I'm guessing you didn't think shut out and then we'll see what yeah. happens. Yeah, that was but the, that... the penalties don't last. I have to ask going into the third, what did you think of our chances? I mean, up three nothing, but Denver was Denver was buzzing at the end of the second. And you know, Denver is Denver. So did you like our chances going into the third? I liked having that third goal. I liked being up three to nothing. I felt that DU played well in that third period. I felt that they had opportunities. I'm really glad that UNO was able to hold them at bay throughout that third period. You know, I, I think this was a complete performance from UNO offensively, defensively. Certainly, Jake Kuharski getting the shutout at DU was uh, pretty impressive. I was really surprised uh, that they were able to hold them at bay and get the shutout in that game. Yeah, DU, DU definitely played better, but my concern always going into that third is UNO playing a little bit too much of the kind of prevent defense and getting away from what got them to a three-goal lead. Uh, and they still pushed back. They still you know, were hard on the puck. Uh, everything that, that they succeeded with at the, at the start of the game in those first two periods, they, you know, they continued with to the best ability, obviously. You know, I think DU took a lot of things out of that third with you know, how they can combat what UNO was doing, uh, and we saw that leading into the game on Saturday uh, with, with Denver going up by a goal, you know, five-ish minutes into the, into the first period of Saturday night. Yeah, and I think that what we saw on Saturday night was more what we were expecting for this DU series going in. Uh, Mike Benning gets the first goal for the Pioneers. Thankfully, about midway through, Jack Randall gets the equalizing goal with assists from uh, Ty Mueller and Matt Miller. I was feeling fairly good about UNO's chances, but certainly the style of play, the tone, the pace was different. And you were just worried going into that second period that things might fall apart for the maps. Yeah, it was definitely a different game. Our passing wasn't as crisp. I didn't feel like we were pressuring the puck. Friday night, you know, that's Denver's game has always been high pressure, lots of skating, forced teams to make decisions. And we kind of took that game and shoved it right back at them. And I thought Saturday, we really didn't. We kind of just sat back and then kind of we were almost like happy. We got our one win in. So we'll see, you know, maybe we'll get some luck uh, Saturday night. And it's like, I just don't like that. Like relying on luck kind of, um, kind of play. So uh, it was a different kind of game, but UNO wasn't out of it. And that's a, a good point for them after one that you're tied at one, you're still in this, you've, you've got a chance, but you've got to be thinking like, we can't let DU get away with it. And unfortunately the second period DU came out and kind of started to run, run away with a game with uh, three 
three goals to get, you know, about halfway through. And at that point, Jason, I, I was definitely worried being down uh, four to one, but uh, uh, an interesting sequence of penalties there in the second uh, gives UNO a power play, a five minute major to Cam Berg for uh, an elbow to one of the DU players face. And then Mike Gabinette's channeling his inner Brad Berry decides to challenge for a major on DU. What did you think about that sequence of events? Because UNO definitely learned from the master. They learned when North Dakota was in town a few weeks ago, uh, and it ended up working out uh, fairly well for the Mavs. Yeah, I still don't understand that. Like, I don't understand the challenge, Carl, because you didn't call anything on the ice. So what are you challenging? It's just weird and backwards to me. I think they need to get that fixed. Uh, the elbow call, like, I'm on the fence because I I understand the current state of play and the rules and how things work. And, like, I look at that going, yeah, you know, he's competing with a guy for the puck. He makes a turn. When he makes the turn stick on the ice, your elbow's kind of up. Like, it makes sense that you're going to, you know, incidental contact to the head kind of thing. So part of me goes like, that's not five minutes. It's just, it's just part of play. He wasn't trying to, you know, knock the guy or anything like that. It's just part of him turning towards the puck. The state of play is like, you got to protect the players. So I get it. I was most worried about how long it was taking them to review it and thinking they've got to be looking for a reason to throw him out. Cause that's the way it goes with Omaha. These little plays that, you know, are really minor and not much of anything. and we end up, you know, with Cameron Berg out for the rest of the game or something. So luckily that didn't happen. Yeah, you would have hated to lose Berg for the rest of the game. You would have hated for it to be a situation where we didn't have Berg available for the upcoming series against Western Michigan. So I was glad that happened. Uh, Sean Barons of DU also ended up going to the box for five minutes for contact to the head. Uh, Jay Stickney, who is the uh, radio play-by-play guy for DU, uh, was befuddled by the whole thing, but we saw Brad Berry do it at Baxter Arena. Certainly, uh, you know, the scrum after a penalty like that, usually we'll see a contact to a head. So if if you're uh, uh, willing to uh, risk your timeout uh, and you're willing to challenge the play, you might be able to uh, get a uh, five-minute major penalty on the other team. So a short time later, uh, Massimo Rizzo goes to the box for DU, creates a power play opportunity for UNO late in the second, and Jack Randall, Mr. Dependable, gets UNO on the board, cuts the lead for DU to 4-2, to two, a good position for UNO to be in, certainly better than being down three goals going into that third period. Yeah, you're certainly worried uh when we go through that review that a five minute power play do you, you know, with a lot of time and space uh, to, to make something happen, you got to think, you know, going down, down even more, we, we would not like our chances in the third kudos to coach. Like he's two for two on the night. That's, that's pretty impressive. Uh, he call went our way on a goaltender interference, a, a goal with the goaltender interference earlier in the, the first and, so it was it was nice to see him, you know, willing to kind of take a risk and, and put that out there both times and uh, both times it works out in our favor. And, you know, I think not do you not having Barons is, is kind of a rock on their penalty kill really helped open up some space and, and UNO takes advantage of it, you know, and you're thinking, hey, you know, we're within striking distance. We had a chance at this. Right. 
And Matt Miller really puts the exclamation point at the end of that chance when he starts the third period off with a goal within the first 30 seconds. And you're looking at this going, yeah, this is, this is a game now. Like we're in this. It was a real opportunity for UNO, you know, certainly when DU scored the three unanswered during the second period, you thought maybe the route was on, but look, you know, penalty management by the UNO coaching staff and some good play by the UNO hockey team to take advantage of some opportunities. And they're right back into the game, down a goal, four to three early in the third period. I just felt like DU controlled the play throughout most of that third period. Um, and unfortunately, there weren't a lot of great opportunities for the Mavs. Yeah, we really struggled with our transition game. And I think that goes a lot to the passing, not being as crisp on Saturday as it was on Friday, uh, not pressuring the puck, not playing full speed, kind of trying to let things come to you. Uh, sometimes bad things happen when you just give players time and spaces, especially a team as talented as Denver uh, and a team that's motivated. You know, they know that they didn't play their best hockey on Friday and they probably felt a little bit like, uh, they lost that game more than UNO winning that game. So they're going to come out with a, a chip on their shoulder and they're going to play harder. And you've got to expect 60 minutes of, uh, of a better team. And, and that's, that's what we got. And we gave them a power play late and, and they get one goal on the weekend. And then that's where it comes. And unfortunately, uh, adding to that lead made it, you know, even worse. And then an empty netter towards the end. And that solidifies Saturday night's loss. UNO ends up losing six to three, but I think UNO fans uh, on Facebook and Twitter would consider the split out of DU a great outcome. It's the only time that we play uh, the Pioneers this season. So, uh, so I thought UNO really took advantage of the opportunity. And, uh, and again, great play on Friday nights. Uh, I'm sure that the coaches would like to be able to bottle that up and just unleash it whenever they need it. But uh, if we see that, uh, that team, uh, going forward, uh, uh, a lot of good things are going to happen for UNO. So, uh, so turning to our players of the weekend, Jason, who did you like this week? Lots of great performances, uh, to choose from, uh, lots of, uh, lots of good maps to pick this weekend. Who'd you like? Yeah, there was definitely a, a few guys out there. And I think that anyone who listens regularly to the podcast probably expects me to peak, to pick Weiss with his hundredth, uh, point as a Mav. But uh, I find it hard to go away from a goaltender that pitches a shutout. Uh, so my pick's Kuharski. But I know if you just look at the score sheet, you might wonder why, you know, he was in net for six on, on, on Saturday. But, you know, one of those is an empty net. And honestly, I, I can't really fault him for most of the other five. Uh, you know, the defense needs to come up big on that, that power play. You can't let stuff, you know, squeeze through those boxes. You know, and some of the other ones are just bad bounces, weird pucks just deflecting in, in odd ways off of skates and shin pads and butts and stuff. And it's like, I, you know, you're there, you're trying to make a save. And he made some amazing saves on Friday uh, and on Saturday that uh, if he doesn't get at least one of the slots on plays of the weeks, then uh, we're going to we're gonna have to start a petition to fire some people who don't know hockey. Like you said, you talked about that Saturday night performance. There was a sprawling save that he had during the first period. And, and I don't know how he got it, but that's, uh, that was really what kind of kept DU at bay uh, during that period. So who knew he would pitch a shutout on Friday night going into this DU series? So uh, Atlantic Hockey uh, goaltender of the year last season. Uh, goaltending was one of the big question marks going into this season. We lose Isaiah Seville. Uh, to Vegas. We lose Austin Roden to Providence. 
Uh, we had a freshman goaltender, Simon Lakotsi, coming in from the USHL. I'm glad he was able to transfer into UNO, uh, and uh, and it's just been a really good season for Kuharski because he's saved our bacon a number of times, and he's a big part of the reason we are where we are right now. So, yeah, I, I completely agree with that pick. There were a number of great performances. Uh, Johnny Tyconic had four assists on the weekend, a big-time player. Uh, we expect that type of thing out of our fifth-year seniors, but I got to go with Miller time in Mile High City. Matt Miller had three goals and two assists on the weekend. Veteran player who's really been uh, developing and evolving over uh, the past uh, couple of seasons and uh, just a great weekend for him. Yeah, so our our title for the podcast, who needs Coors when you have Miller, right? (laughs) That's right. Nobody needs Coors. It's uh, it's Miller time in the Mile High City. So, yep, absolutely right. So, uh, So anyway. Great weekend for the Mavs, Jason, and uh, just a a great overall performance uh, and keeps them uh, relevant in the conference race. And speaking of the conference race, Jason, UNO is currently sitting in fourth place in the NCHC. I'm not sure we would have thought that that's where UNO would be after a tough schedule for the month of November. What do you think about UNO's placement in the NCHC standings at this point? I, you know, I'm impressed. They've done the work. They've, they've performed better than expected in conference play, especially after you mentioned the, the losses to Niagara. I mean, you, you coming out of that, you're thinking, how are we going to be able to perform against the likes of DU and North Dakota? And, and to see them sit where they are, you know, is great. You know, the question becomes, what team do we see from here on out moving forward? Because if we see the team that we saw on Friday, this is a team that can easily make the home ice advantage in the the first round of the NCHC playoffs uh, and can contend for a top spot. You know, I don't know that any team can catch DU as as much as they are in the lead up there. Uh, But you can look at, you know, possibly even being second, maybe, depending on how you perform against these teams. And, you know, realistically, we shouldn't be lower than sixth. You know, we have to look at coming in. We've got four games against, you know, two against CC and two against Miami. So those four games should be 12 points the Mavericks can cash in on. And that would put us in that 20-point range, which has you fighting for home ice in a playoff spot. So uh, the guys need to step up. They need to say, like, that's the way we can play. We're going to play that way every night. I don't care who's playing against us. We can go play the... 10U junior Mavs, we're going to play this way. And if they can do that, then there could be good things happening at the end of the season. Yeah, UNO at nine points in the conference race is currently three points out of second. Western Michigan is currently second. We've got them coming into Baxter Arena this upcoming weekend. So we have an opportunity there. I think if you look at the schedule, only playing DU once, and then we play St. Cloud once, It's our last home series of the season uh, in February. So we've got an opportunity. And like you said, we've got some favorable uh, matchups coming up and they've got to find a way to take care of business against Miami and Colorado College. In the first episode of this season, Jason, you and I picked respectively, you picked UNO in sixth place in the conference race. I picked UNO to finish fifth in the conference race. 
The media preseason picked UNO to finish seventh in the conference race. You look at the team right now, they're five, two, and one on the road. So they've obviously shown that they can be competitive on the road. If they can find a way to turn things around at home, we've only won one game (laughs) at home this season during the regular season. So if they can just get a little bit better at home, I think they have a real shot. Uh, This is a good position being fourth place in the conference for UNO right now. So a a lot of great things can happen. And again, conference races are won or lost in the first half of the season. So UNO having positive results here, I think is great. And they've got a couple more series coming up before the Christmas break at home against Western Michigan and then on the road at Colorado College, two great opportunities uh, for the maps. So so we'll just have to see what happens. Really excited about the last three weekends here to go before the Christmas break and and the guys have really been working extremely hard and and, uh, to make you guys proud and how hard we want to compete every night and and make Baxter in a tough base to play and and all the stuff that goes along with that. So we really want to thank everybody for coming out. UNO, the UNO Blue Line Club, held its first dinner with the Mavs since February of 2020, right before the pandemic uh, broke out and, and everything was shut down and we weren't allowed uh, we weren't allowed to have contact uh, with the players. Now, Jason, you had a work commitment, so you were not able to attend dinner with the Mavs. We missed having you there, but uh, it was a great night. Bridget and I were sitting with Jolene and Tim Wagner at a table, and uh, the first player to come sit with us was uh, your favorite player, Tyler Weiss. Uh, But then a little bit later on, uh, Cam Berg and Ty Mueller, two of my favorite players, came and sat with us at the table. Uh, It was just a great, great evening, a great to get to eat dinner with them, chat with them a little bit. Uh, Cam Berg asked me, he said, if UNO makes the NCHC frozen faceoff at the end of the season, would we come? And I'm like, absolutely, we'll come. The last time UNO made a neutral site conference semifinal was 2001. It was when they were in the CCHA and it was uh, the CCHA finals at Joe Lewis arena. I was in my twenties at that point, Jason, a lot's changed in my life. Uh, The other time they made a a neutral site uh, conference, they weren't in the the semifinals or finals. It was the CCHA super six at Joe Lewis arena. And that was 2005. So that's, that's been more than 17 years ago. So it would be great to see UNO do that. But it's just a great event, uh, a buffet dinner, which is kind of in the style that the team eats uh, before games. And uh, it was just nice to get to chat with the guys. Uh, it's been a hard year for Bridget and I, as, as you know, lots of things going on with our family. Uh, and it was a particularly tough day. And I just did not feel like going and socializing. But the guys were just great to visit with, and uh, it meant so much to go and have some fun and talk about the team that I love. We got to chat with uh, Coach Gabinet afterwards, and I I know you love the event, and you've been to past uh, dinners with the Mavs. Sorry you didn't get to be there, but what are your thoughts on the event having attended in the past? I I love the event. I I think it's a great opportunity for fans to connect uh, with players in a a way that you don't normally get, right? talked about we see them on the ice we see the x's and o's we see the the play performance uh, but to be able to talk to them about what's going on with their family lives and how they're adjusting to you know the freshman we've talked to them before about like how you're adjusting to Omaha or what you what you've experienced so far and have you gone and done this and things like that and you know it's just a it's just a really good opportunity to uh, make a more meaningful connection and we've talked on other podcasts about how much this team needs to be part of the community and 
connect with fans on that way. So this is just a great opportunity to do that. For them to get to see us uh, in a more personal environment, I think is great because there's a lot of really good fans of this program. And uh, I enjoyed visiting with Bird, Mueller, and Weiss, uh, certainly three of the best players on the team and just uh, uh, three really terrific uh, human beings. So uh, hopefully, Jason, we'll get to see you at the next one. That's the plan. Yep. Do everything in your power. And I hope we see some other fans out there because it was a, just a great event. But turning to our next series, we've got Western Michigan coming into town on December 2nd and 3rd for a pair of games. Both of those games start at 7.07 p.m. Uh, this is, a as, as we've talked about before, this is the, the typical kind of blue-collar, rust-belt Western Michigan team that uh, we're used to seeing. Freshman forward. Ryan McAllister leads the NCAA with 29 points. The team overall is tops in the nation in scoring, which is pretty amazing because they lost their five top scorers from last season's team, uh, a, a crew that included Ethan Frank, who seemed like he played for Western Michigan for like 13 and a half years. So happy he's gone and we don't have to talk about him anymore. This team has a potent offense. Senior forward Jason Poland is the first player ever in the NCHC to get three hat tricks in a season. It's amazing in the past decade or so that this conference has been around that there hasn't been a player who's gotten three hat tricks in the season. Jason Poland has it in the first half of this season, which will uh, presumably be his final season with the Broncos. But they've got a very potent offense, always an exciting team to watch play. Uh, we've got to be careful, though, Jason. We've got to be careful about not letting the score get out of hand. Yeah, keep them close, you know, early lead and make them play from behind will help. The biggest thing playing a team like Western Michigan is control the puck, keep it away from them, keep it out of our zone. You know, the more time that we spend in their zone offensively, the less opportunities that they have. Uh, and we need to be efficient. We have to convert on opportunities. If we get a chance on, on the power play, we need to go. We went two for three against Denver, you know, and that's the kind of effort that it's going to take uh, because they will take penalties up and down that roster. Um, you're going to get power. You should get power plays roughing, but you should get power plays. And we need to, you know, we need to be converting on those. We need to make them hesitate when they go in for a check because they don't want to risk us going in the power play again because we're two for two or two for three at that night. Um, those are the types of things that that will slow down that offense and and, and just give us a, the best opportunity to win. Yeah, as you say, execution is going to be key. Puck handling, puck possession, key for UNO because this Western Michigan team is the type of team that likes to get into a, a proverbial goal shootout. They like to play games that are six to five, seven to six, those types of games. Uh, so we've got to be careful. We've got to play smart. Um, and I think there's a real opportunity uh, for UNO in this series. I'm going to call my shot. I'm going to say UNO finds a way to sweep this series against Western Michigan and get six critical conference points it's a bold prediction but i think the team has it in them and it would be great to see them turn around their fortunes at home this season it's hard to predict against you when you predicted the split in denver and was right but well i i'm gonna i'm gonna predict the split i think we find a way to beat them one of the nights probably saturday just because of our mo on fridays uh with just being ready for teams but 
I think we find a way to win one of them. I just don't know. You know, they're playing really well. So it's going to take two Friday night efforts uh, against EU. We're going to have to play like that twice if we're going to want to sweep them out. Yeah, every weekend uh, from here on out is going to be a battle in NCHC play. And uh, uh, Pat Fershweiler really has that team going. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see uh, see what happens. But we look forward to seeing all of you uh, at Baxter Arena this weekend. And if you're not at Baxter Arena, you can follow updates on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to our social channels at mavpuck.com, as well as back episodes of this podcast, which we would encourage you guys to watch to like, to subscribe. Uh, It really helps us. It really helps the algorithm uh, and it helps keep Jason and I going. So, uh, so until next time, Jason, go Mavs. Go Mavs.